Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. And I'm here with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder of New Life, as well as the founder of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And today, we're talking about uh, emotionally healthy hiring. Emotionally healthy hiring. A massive issue for churches, whether uh, they're small, whether they're large, lots of application across the board. And so, Pete, you've outlined uh, five uh, aspects, five C's of emotionally healthy hiring that we're going to cover. But before we go into these, these specific uh, uh, C's here, uh, I want to talk about emotionally unhealthy yep. hiring. Um, have you had some emotionally unhealthy hiring experience? What, what did that look like? <laughs> it's funny, we were talking, Jerry and I were talking, driving to church today and talking about how long how many years and years of constantly making the same same mistakes or mistakes in the same genre, but maybe a different angle of it. And it wasn't really, it probably was over the past the 20 year mark that it really started to make some good hires. I have a lot of examples of unhealthy hiring, mm. yes. What are a couple of just yeah. uh, things that would you would describe emotionally health, unhealthy hiring? You know, I think, um, if I can think of some, some, a couple characteristics. One, being in a rush, because I had, I had something that needed to be filled and I didn't have time to fill it, so I gotta get someone in there very quickly. I would say in 100% of the cases that failed. Mm. Uh, and I did it a lot. Kept thinking, it would happen, I, I'd overlook things. Mm. I would uh, project a greater competence to the person that they, that they did not have. Uh, and it was really out of anxiety versus a prayerful process and a thorough process. That's, that was the rush, rushing and anxiety are bad places. Secondly, not getting uh, counsel from enough people mm. in the process, because I'm rushing it, I feel like it's God, you know, <laughs> and it's just like going down a bad move. Um, uh, thirdly, obviously, if they're married, not getting spouse input. Mm. Do they feel like this God's in this thing? Mm. Bad idea. Mm. Um, and I think, not really looking, I, I had a hard, I've had a hard time for many years with reality mm -hmm. and like what have they actually done mm -hmm. and then that's it. Now I can hope they'll perform this and this, but the truth is we don't know because they've never done it. Yeah. It took me a long time to, to like deal with hard data because I like vision, I like yeah. feelings, I like, and, and of course people who were uh, I was drawn to folks who were gifted like you are. So I made a lot of really bad administrative hires, especially in the early years, because that wasn't my particular mm. gift base. And I, I didn't tend to have as much respect for their need for structure and order and detail. Uh, I didn't quite see it as spiritual as what I was doing uh, as a pastor, a visionary. And I think that really hurt those hires because I kept putting, I kept, I really minimized those hires. Yeah. Uh, so. The reason why emotionally healthy hiring is so important, many reasons, but one is, as you talk about in the book, because of dual relationships. Mm -hmm. And when someone comes on a church staff, it adds the complexity that not only are they an employee of the church, they're also a member of the church. Yep. They are a brother or sister of the church. And if the hire doesn't go well, yeah. it often impacts their relationship with the church community. So we have to get this right and get some uh, some clear, good guidelines. And even in a smaller church, and it may not be, quote, a higher financially, but they are on the senior leadership team. Yeah. 
as a volunteer, maybe giving 15, 20, 25 hours a week. And so that's a lot of power they've got in this, in this small system. And when that's done poorly, because it's a similar process, when it's done poorly and you've got to then unravel it, the costs are so great. Yeah. And it can take a year to unravel it, uh, and then another year to get it right. So all of a sudden you've lost a couple of years in the process of moving forward because it wasn't done well in the, in the beginning. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about these five C's of emotionally healthy hiring. And I noticed some of these C's, we've heard them in different contexts, yeah. but you ask specific questions to bring nuance to them. So yeah. let's start with just the first C is competence. That you're right. Um, uh, skills, knowledge, ability to do the job. Um, what is someone, as someone's making a hire, why is competence, or what's, what's some of the questions that need to be asking as it pertains to competence? I think you, you've got to be, ask yourself, what is the job I need done? And I think versus I start with the person and then I create the job around them. Mm -hmm. And that's also a problem because the question, what is, what is the, what's the church need? Because mm -hmm. uh, you, can, you, can you can make so few hires because of limits. And then you got to ask yourself, is this the right fit? Just even their, in their competence level and their passions. Mm -hmm. uh, and can they take care of us now and bring us into the future the next three to five years? Mm -hmm. So if you've got a church of 100 people and they can service maybe 25, their limits, mm -hmm. and you're hoping to go to 200 at some point, and you've got them as your central administrative person, and they're already, if they say to you, I think this is an overwhelming job description, mm -hmm. you know it's, a, it's not gonna be a good fit. Mm. Uh, and so I think competence level of, uh, they, they feel they, they, they've done it, mm -hmm. or they haven't done it, but then you're clear about what they, what they've already proven they can do and what they can't do. Mm -hmm. And we like to say as much as possible, drive the car before you buy the car. Mm. So yeah. I find out, is, I, I, is, has the fit? You're always asking for the word fit. Mm -hmm. So even Lewis, who's videoing us right now, is now hired, you hired him on New Life Fellowship staff, but he was doing contract work for you mm -hmm. uh, and for EHS prior to the hire. So mm -hmm. in a sense, there was a, we knew competence, we saw his work. Yeah versus we had no idea. Yeah, yeah. The second C is calling. And what I appreciate about how you're nuancing this is you're looking at it bigger picture. So you're not just looking at the calling of the person, you're also considering if they're married, um, the calling of the family, that spouse, yes. uh, and that unique situation. So um, just talk a little bit about that yeah. calling. Yeah, I, I don't think the I think the spouse they're one if if they are married they're one flesh with someone. So it's not that the spouse is on staff. It's not that they're a free employee, but they they need to feel like this is the right thing for their family. Like God's in this mm -hmm. uh, because they are going to be so impacted by them coming on a church staff. This is not like working for you know a Fortune 500 company mm -hmm. or a small business in town. This is a church community. It's got a lot of complexity to it mm -hmm. and a lot of nuancing to it. So. That's one of the ways we discern God's will is how does the spouse feel about it? And we're asking the question, calling-wise, can the marriage support mm. the weight mm -hmm. of the level of leadership they're entering into? Mm -hmm. uh, because there are demands and seasons that in particular come into church staff, especially pastoral staff, mm -hmm. that put some stress on the family. Yeah, so very practically at New Life, when we've, been, uh, we've made hires in specific roles, uh, especially visible pastoral roles, yeah. we've invited the wife into for the interview yep. process, finding out what she thinks or what the husband thinks if we're hiring 
uh, like our worship pastor is a female. Yep. So we're asking her husband what they think about the role there. So um, that's a unique aspect of it. Anything else you want to say? And we'll send that? the person to a therapist. We have a person we work with, uh, and, and many of the high-level hires, uh, we will ask part of the hiring process will be if they've gone down the road and it's a yes, looks good, uh, we'll pay for the testing and, and the time for a couple hours, two, three hours with the therapist that we know and trust. And the question we're asking is, do you feel like the marriage, that they have the marriage to support the stress mm -hmm. of being in leadership in a church? Yeah. And we just want another angle. And we're very upfront with the hire, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's helpful. Yeah. The third C, and it, I, we have character. So uh, are they... You at, skipping connection. Let's, let's skipping. save connection for last year. Character, are they humble and... You asked, are they humble and teachable? Do they have a solid sense of self? And uh, differentiation. Yep. So just unpack those. Yeah, so, so by differentiation, I mean, can the person... Uh, you know, how, and we talk about their character, are they able to disagree? You're the lead pastor at the church, Rich, uh, and you hire a, an office manager, mm -hmm. which is, in our size church, is a significant position. Can that office manager uh, disagree with you? Mm -hmm. Do they have enough of a sense of self that they can come and bring suggestions to you? They can say, Rich, I think you're off on this one. Let's go this way. Um, uh, they have enough of a sense of self that their whole self isn't reflected from what you think of them. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty important question uh, to be asking. Uh, do they have their own goals for their life, and uh, or, or are they just constantly being pulled by what people think? You know, so can they can they confront someone? Can mm -hmm. they deal with conflict? Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to ask about when character. Are they able to implement skills mm -hmm. uh, like genogram your family? Do they understand uh, integrity issues? How nuanced are they in in this mm -hmm. character wise that they don't compromise values because of unresolved family of origin mm -hmm. stuff? And we I'm always. You know, again, I like my, um, one of my mentors who uh, was a PhD, who became a, a, a person in authority over a large organization, and he learned over the years that he never hired someone who had an unresolved relationship with their father. Mm. Uh, and at first I thought it was absurd, uh, but I understand it now, years later, because he said, people are going to replay their unresolved family of origin issues in the workplace with authority figures. Mm. And he found that out over decades. And so he likes to find that out beforehand. He just because I, I don't care how good they are, gifted they are, uh, I will not hire them. Mm, mm. That's uh, and just humble and teachable. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. And how do you find that out, right? Yeah. I mean, how do you find out they're humble and teachable? And again, we're back to the same. You'll only find out they're humble and teachable when you correct them in something they don't like. Yeah. Uh, and are they asking for input? So again, that's why it's so hard to make a hire from nowhere because you don't know. Yeah. Uh, not that we don't do it but we're a lot more cautious about it. But those are really important. Those are really, those are, those are deal breakers. Yeah. Because if you're the leader and someone's working for you um, and they're not humble and teachable, then how are, how are you gonna lead, lead the church? And I think, I was telling uh, one, of our, one of your staff yesterday, as she's building teams, that she needs to feel good about her team. Like they need to be following her. Like, yeah. You're shaping the culture. Yeah. As a, you're shaping the, 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 the kind of team you want. And if they're not basically able to be led by you, if they're not humble and teachable, doesn't matter how gifted they are, you do not want them on your team yeah. because it's going to be a conflict. They want to lead the team. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a really uh, important quality. Some people need to be the point leaders, mm. and they don't want to be you know, under someone else. Yeah. 
The fourth C is culture. And um, you define culture in your book, the imprecise something, that invisible personality of a place that can be difficult to describe without yeah. actually describing it. So how does culture to play into the hiring yeah. process? Uh, it's obviously it's gigantic. First of all, you gotta know what is our culture here? And you're an elder-driven church, uh, you know, again, what's the culture? How, how corporate is it? Mm -hmm. How loosey-goosey is it, you know, in terms of, you know, hippie-ish? whatever, it's a traditional African-American church, a Spanish Pentecostal church with all these hot buttons you gotta navigate. But you wanna understand that, what is the culture and do they fit? Mm -hmm. Now in our culture at New Life Fellowship, we're obviously very committed to EHS, we're very committed to uh, contemplative spirituality, very committed to the larger church. We have certain values. Reconciliation. My God, it's gigantic. So, but will you die on the hills for these, die on the hill? And sometimes we don't know until we actually are there. Mm. Uh, we don't. You don't know until they're in the organization for a while. Do they yeah. really own our values? Yeah. yeah. I think what's interesting for us when I came to New Life, um, almost a decade ago, um, when I came on. If you can remember this, one of the values is monastic. Yeah, yeah. For me, I spent when as a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old, I was reading Desert Father Spirituality. I was reading about the monks, and there was. Uh, there's a depth that I have grown in over the past yes. decade, but I already had like the culture of, um, I, I wanted to learn about the monks. Yes. I, I was open to going to a monastery and yeah. praying there. So, um, so you can find out even before the hire, um, how closely connected, culture-wise, yes. is this potential person in this role, or how different are they? Yes, absolutely. Lastly is connection. And I thought this was really interesting. Um, here are a couple of questions that you ask when discerning connection in a hire. And you say, how would you describe their, ex uh, their expertise in intimacy and love? Are they emotionally open? Is it really the question, how do you experience them um, relationally? Unpack that for us, just connection. Words, do, they, do, do you feel felt by them when you're with them? Are, are they able to connect? Are they an I-thou relationship? Are they able to listen? Are they present? Mm -hmm. Uh, or are they just doing machines? Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, if, if our God is the intimate one, you know, three in one, intimacy should be the core of our training, that we're able to be intimate with people, we're able to be loving with people. It, it's not the quality we generally are looking at when we're hiring. Mm -hmm. we, we don't put that in our competence uh, list, number one. I think it's a massive mist mm -hmm. because uh, this issue of emotional openness, appropriate physical touch, healthy sexuality, especially if they're single, these are all critical issues, and I, I think often very much overlooked. So we're asking that question, are they able to be intimate? Mm -hmm. uh, are they vulnerable? Are they present? Do I feel felt by them? Uh, are they very self-aware and they bring that to the other person? Mm -hmm. Or are they kind of a, you know, projecting, you know, teaching out their gifts and abilities, especially leaders, uh, can be some of the less, least connected people. Yeah, yeah. One last question here about risk. So you can do the five C's, but there's always yeah. some degree of risk. So yeah. what would you say to the pastor, the leader, that there's a gap in the organization, yeah. they've gone through a process, what would you say about what you've learned through just the risk? I think you want to normalize the fact of there's not every hire is going to work out. It's got to be the right fit for both the church and for the person. And in some ways, you really don't know until you're in it for a couple of years. Mm. And that fit may change as a church grows or declines. And so it's, you want to normalize that we're always looking for the right fit. Mm -hmm. And if the person is under a lot of stress in the job, 
often that's because it's not the right fit. And you've got to be able to just normalize those endings and the beginnings, it's okay, and for the whole church to understand mm -hmm. that there's, there's, it's not we're going to hit 100%, and it's not that we're bad or they're bad or anybody's bad, it's just we're looking for the right fit, uh, and not everyone's going to stay long-term, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think money churches get all bent out of shape about it didn't go perfect, we let this person go. No, I mean, I... You, you, want it, you want to mature the church mm -hmm. in understanding the process and that very few people, I believe, are called to be pastors and leaders in churches. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very unique calling. I think it's a very difficult one mm -hmm. um, and that we shouldn't be surprised that it's challenging yeah. and, and difficult. Yeah. So we have competence, calling, character, culture, and connection. Uh, for more information, Pete's blogged about this as well. So you can go to emotionallyhealthy.org for more information. And you can also be on the lookout for um, content from our conference that's taking place uh, in April of 2016. So emotionallyhealthy.org. Pete, thank you. There we go. See you next time. Thanks.